0: No purchase necessary Void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This week's episode of Screen Talk is brought to you by the Amazon original movie One Night in Miami. described by USA Today as simply one of the best movies of the year and hailed by Entertainment Weekly as a critical knockout, humanizing and celebrating the four icons and all they stood for. One Night in Miami is a fictional account of one incredible night where icons Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown gathered discussing their roles in the civil rights movement and cultural upheaval of the 60s, directed by Regina King, written by Kemp Powers and starring Ellie Gorey, Aldous Hodge, Leslie Odom Jr., and Gotham Award winner for breakthrough actor, Kingsley Ben-Adir, for your consideration for best picture. Now streaming on Prime Video. Welcome to Screen the IndieWire's weekly movie pad podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the executive editor-in-chief critic, joined as always by Ann Thompson, our editor-at-large, for the Sundance edition, and stuff is... I like
1: your hat! I like your hat! Stuff
0: is <laughs> happening. I've got my Sundance IndieWire hat on, my water bottle lurking around here somewhere. I've been doing stuff virtually from my desktop and sometimes in my Oculus headset all day long for the festival plus markets are moving like crazy award season things are developing so we are living through a busy time and, and I have to wonder even with Sundance going on um, you know and th- this sense of how do we kind of deal with the fact that we can't have physical things happening it does feel like a particularly exciting season because all of a sudden we have a lot of different developments to talk through. So, what was to you kind of the headline item this week outside of obviously this festival starting up?
1: Well, I'm still in the awards fray, and um, and things are getting uh, coming thick and fast. The Spirit Awards uh, were the big the big headline because. Um, as the critics had also supported it, never sometimes early, always became uh, the front runner with the most nominations at the Spirit Awards and yeah. Sydney Flanagan got nominated in it, but it just puts Eliza Hitman in as a writer director, even further closer to the goal in my view, which is that she might get a, 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 a screenplay nomination.
0: You which know, would which, be pretty great. I mean, for a movie oh, like that that didn't have a formidable awards campaign behind it, that premiered so early, in 2020, and had its uh, inter- theatrical interrupted. I mean, look, "Hope Springs Eternal" for first cow, but I would say that never rarely is Most likely a movie that that definitely has some some serious momentum as an underdog. So that's that's
1: now, great. Hear things from people who actually see it. You know, I mean, that's part of what's going on. Part, of, I mean, I'm sure you're doing the same th- same thing. But as I do interviews. Uh, more than usual, at the end of the interview, I just ask people what they're liking and what they're looking at and, and responding to, because they're all starting to watch the stuff now. And uh, and this one is one that people respond to. Um, and, then, uh, and then I think, you know, you can see Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is continuing to do well. There were a lot of Netflix movies that weren't eligible because they were too big budget, but... Um, you know that that one did well uh with the spirits that's probably the highest profile movie uh among all the of, all the nominees there it uh, was i so think a really battle is doing well you know resigning continues to rise
0: yeah i think that's 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 obviously i mean we, we knew that you know a nomadland Minari... that goes
1: without saying yeah, yeah
0: these kinds of films, but they but they should be in the mix i mean i i've been i've slowly gone from being a real Debbie Downer. When it comes to the Spirit Awards, to to appreciating when they get it right, and I know it's an arbitrary process, just like the Gotham's a committee talking things through. But when you look at Best Director, and you have stuff like First Cow and Nomadland and Never Rarely and Promising Young Woman and Minari, that's it's not just the, you know it's it's nice that it's a diverse list and it's a
1: good list. It's it's, it's the list of the strongest indie contenders it's that a could really go. Good forward minari needed this really uh, yeah. really needed this because it wasn't getting the love from the critics groups um and stephen yun needed this you know it, it and, and, and on sound of metal paul Rocky got in too so you yeah know, that could yeah. happen
0: down of metal Rocky. continues to be a, a a favorite i wouldn't even say that's an underdog that's a movie that seems like it's going to get a lot of nominations it's like more and more people seem to be watching it and talking about it which is really exciting to see I mean, but if you look
1: at Ma Rainey versus, say, uh, Promising Young Woman, which got a few nominations, including director and screenplay, whereas Ma Rainey was Best Feature and Acting, but it didn't get screenplay and director. And I bet that's going to go forward at the Oscars with Ma Rainey. Oh, uh, It'll be more that, about the acting than the writing and the directing.
0: That That makes sense. But the correlation here is a little odd because... They, they're assuming there's a correlation because the screenplay is a very quirky category and they have a best first screenplay category too so it's it feels a bit like there's this sense of we can play around in these categories a bit more i mean you have know, something like the half of it getting a best screenplay nomination and then palm springs getting first screenplay and and, and the assistants in there some really it's a cool range of movies but i mean it, it's obviously arbitrary in that sense because people want to spread the love too. And and that ends up being a part of it in a way that in the Oscars, it it doesn't always, because as you say, you know, getting that screenplay nomination means that uh, you have strength in the picture category and No Man Land didn't get a screenplay nomination. So
1: No Man Land is going to be uh, fun to watch because it is an anomaly. You know, you have someone like Chloe Zhao, who's the editor and the director and the writer, and you have this uh, interaction with real people and this kind of half adaptation of a book, half on the road improvisation slash um, fiction. It it, it 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 isn't the usual. And people in the Academy may not know what to make of that in terms of yeah. the
0: nomination. Yeah.
1: So they may not give her a screenplay nomination. I think they will, though.
0: It seems likely. I mean, I can't tell you how many copies of that screenplay I got in the mail so eventually, <laughs> it's like on the job. It's like, but the thing is, I mean, some of these screen I got the two that I, I i opened that I got in the mail were that one in Sound of Metal, because they are movies that made me want to see what it was like on the page. They have a lot of, you know, a lot of silence and, and you know, really interesting kind of quieter moments. And uh, like the the first page of Sound of Metal is like a huge block of descriptive text, and it's just fascinating. And Land, is kind of similar; it feels very novelistic. So I wonder—it's
1: it's interesting to think about though how you know what was the written version of each of those scripts before the movie. Sure. You know, yeah, you know, you're, you're not necessarily seeing that. the shooting script.
0: Oh yeah, really? I mean, well, with with Sound of Metal, that was a script that was bouncing around for a decade. So who who knows? You know, so, yeah, that, that is a good point. And, and I think it's going to be fascinating to see how these things go. Let, let's talk about another nomination, a set, set of nominations this week that uh, I, I don't know if we can really draw any major conclusions about Oscar buzz, but it does seem like at least the announcement elevates a certain movie. And that is our friends over at the NBRs, the National Board of Review, giving a lot of love to Mr. Spike Lee for The Five Bloods. Which is good movie.
1: for him. He yeah. needs it. He needs
0: the, it. At, it came at the expense of probably other Netflix movies that I'm sure they were pulling for. You don't see Trial of Chicago 7 all over that list in the way that you see The Five Bloods. I think that's that's significant. This is the a movie thing, that
1: over. Yeah, yeah. No, the other thing that's breaking this, this, I think that's the uh, all right. National Board of Review usually is the first one out it's this very odd hodgepodge of educators and filmmakers and critics and and it's not um, it's not really uh, an organization that reflects anything really i mean it doesn't reflect the academy it doesn't reflect critics it's, it's a, been strange, around a while. it's that it doesn't mean anything all that it means is that on the very be- at the very beginning of the season it happens to be the first one which didn't happen this year. You right. guys at the New York Film Critics got to be got onto the first our timeline. they pushed it back. <laughs> and as a result, it has very little impact,
0: it seems to me. Well, I wonder, I mean, we, what we don't know yet is, is MBR going to try to do something virtually to continue to have its brand out there. Because normally what happens with those awards is yes, they're first, but then also they get to have a splashy sit down dinner with speeches and red carpet. And that red carpet, Who's tuning
1: into these things? Who's, too, I mean, who, how many people watched the Gothams? How, how many people, I enjoyed the New York Film Critics show very much, I actually thought Stephen Garrett and other people that we know who put it together and, and, and Stephanie Zacharick as the host and the location at Film Society. It was beautifully done,
0: experience. It was
1: excellently done. But I, uh, five people watched that, Eric.
0: But well, we can we could pull up the YouTube and and, and you find
1: it. out. You tell me. Probably
0: not. <laughs> I think the members watch a few
1: hundred. Watch.
0: But but does it doesn't. I don't know. does it necessarily matter. I, I here's what I've always felt about this community in general. Like you could argue, okay, cineast has less of an impact than the New York Times or whatever. But there's some influential film people who read cineast, and that can impact a critic at the New York Times. I think it's a big.
1: All these things do, and I go back to this every time, is it's just who reads it? It's more about who reads it in the trades, really, who reads it in the news.
0: There were some coverage.
1: what of course there was then you know is hugely influential eric it's very talking about the show you're getting hung out at the mbr party is irrelevant I do <laughs> you
0: <know>? like going <laughs> <laughs> drive by. Maybe
1: this year yeah now uh, afi list i would say is more more impactful than mbr
0: right well that is another development so What's the big takeaway there? Because Netflix also had a big presence there.
1: So they had four out of the 10 in both the, um, or was it three out of the 10? I don't want to make, I don't want to misspeak. They they had more than anyone else (laughs) in both the film and the TV. And, um, and the, but the real surprise was the inclusion of Judas and the Black Messiah, which is the new Warner Brothers movie. Not even reviewed yet. Right, so that was that was indic that is a group of academics and film industry people and um, actors and you know a a diverse group, very diverse that might reflect a kind of mainstream academy point of view.
0: Well, I mean, it's if so, then it points to certain things that we thought were not making a lot of noise that could still have some passionate defenders. I mean, you already mentioned Minari, which needed that Spirit Award. Bump. Right,
1: that got in there, and my Ma Randy's Black Bottom got in there.
0: You even have Mink in there. I think that's significant.
1: Yeah, got in there, right?
0: A oh, wow. Judas. But, um, Judas, yeah. I think, points to another thing that we'll be talking about today, which the is Black
1: Bloods got in there. Yeah.
0: So, so, so once Judas goes to Sundance, goes to Sundance, quote unquote. Uh, we'll we'll see what what happens there, but yeah, I mean, from soul to sound of metal, you my see.
1: sense is that Judas is getting uh, good reviews. Is is what it needs uh, to. It's solid. It's a solid movie. It's they did a good job.
0: Yeah, it'll it'll get a lot of respect. Really good. It's, it's one of the more I would say widely accessible films of a sort of higher profile studio caliber. But it's also
1: an exciting new filmmaker who we haven't really, I I didn't see his last movie, Newly Weeds. It was a good
0: Sundance movie about a bunch of stoners. It was fun. It's about Newly Weeds, but nothing like Judas and the Black Messiah. So it's not a good precedent to, to base this on. Before we get deeper into Sundance, though, we should talk about the stock market because I understand basically nothing about it. And suddenly everyone has an opinion about it more than usual. In this pandemic, I think a lot of people have tried to have an opinion about the I mean, stock market. Everything but. is politicized
1: now, right? So you've got you've got warnings about the um, the the people who want to storm the Capitol again, right? Coming along the 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 rebel insurgents, and then you've got a re- rebel insurgents in the Wall Street uh, day trader uh, futures. Community.
0: Or maybe just trolls on Reddit. We don't really know. (laughs)
1: They don't, they want to mess up all, you know, the Wall Street people's, uh, you know, betting on the future. So they they ran up the stock for AMC, one of the beleaguered uh, theaters out there. And GameStop.
0: which was uh, not, not something anybody expected based on its brand. It
1: be- went down again. <laughs> so, yeah. If we were
0: doing this yesterday, we'd be having a different conversation 24 well, hours.
1: Well, it was predictable. I mean, because finally these things rise and fall on their real fundamentals. And even if AMC has loaded up some more debt to get through till the end of the reset of uh, the, the pandemic, they're still not in good shape.
0: Yeah. Um, it's kind of obvious that they're screwed. So, I mean, the, the news about that was so. It, it maybe if it was like a Netflix thing or something, it would make sense, and then you could say, "Okay, something really big is happening here." But because it it only just drew more attention to the fact but that they're
1: in big trouble. trouble. Yeah, and <laughs> then so yeah. I'm rooting for them. Obviously, I'm not rooting for AMC to do badly. I'm just saying. I mean, unfortunately, during the pandemic, many businesses have been. Um, brought into way bigger debt in order to stay afloat. And that's why AMC is certainly in that category.
0: So this does bring us to Sundance, which generally does get spoken about in the context of the state of art house exhibition. You know, this time last year, we would have gone to Art House Convergence the day before, maybe seen a couple theater owners kind of took the temperature on that side of things, obviously very different situation. Right now being a virtual festival but we're gonna give it a go and and watch a bunch of movies and you know i went to a a press conference today and and wandered around the the new frontier space with my little virtual avatar and i guess what's going to be fascinating to see is that there are art houses showing movies in places like texas and um i wonder with suddenly sundance getting its wish of being much bigger than a park city event yet not in the way it could have envisioned it uh if there will be an upside to this certainly um we will be putting the the festival to the test in the sense that carrie putnam said uh, on the press conference today that they expect more people to watch or to to audience than ever before in the history of the festival. And that
1: some of these premieres are way more people signed up than the Eccles Theater. So what
0: does that mean?
1: People, yeah.
0: Does that help these movies get a bigger audience? I mean, there are films like Coda, which will be a big crowd pleaser.
1: That's what I'm going to watch today. We're typing this on Thursday. I'm going to watch what's going to be my first film.
0: A movie like Coda, which I've had a chance to see, that is a movie that is a very accessible crowd pleaser. Uh, Coda stands for Child of Deaf Adults. It's about uh, the hearing child in a deaf family who uh, wants to be a singer. She's a teenager. It's a you know obviously a coming of age story, very Sundancey, very searchlighty. You know there's going to be a bidding war. She wants but, to help
1: her parents who, yeah. who are deaf. And, and, who are and a so it's,
0: a lot of it is sign language with with, with subtitles, but it, there's also a lot of spoken dialogue and and it's it's funny, it's emotional. All that you'll you'll like it, I think, and I think it'll make you cry. But what I well it won't he knows ha- I'm an
1: easy cry.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it'll you'll be there in a couple minutes into it. But here's the thing you're not even if you have more people watching it in the evening than you have seats in the Echoes, you won't have the Echoes standing ovation. You won't right. have the buyers in the lobby afterwards huddling. So, I l- I'm
1: just going into the theater and seeing everybody sitting in their little chosen seats where roadside on the right Amazon up at the front, you know, yeah, yeah we all kind of roll
0: around we know
1: exactly where they all sit we hang out with them and we talk them up and find out what the hot titles are that's what I can't get.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying, certainly been getting text messages like crazy from Me people. Too.
1: And I had no, my daughter said, Hey, I heard this was good. You know, you know, yeah. people like, uh, Miranda July put something up to promote this movie that she likes, you know, you, 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 you have to get your information where you can find it.
0: Frankly, the deeper you can go, the more festival experience you'll get. It's just a, you have to be open-minded in a way that, most people are not used to being i mean there's the zoom thing but again if you're a creditor of the festival if you have a 25 dollars explorers pass or a press or an industry pass you can go to the new frontiers website uh it's like new create an avatar and walk around a film party space and when you get close to somebody a lo- your, your video monitor uh, turns on so people will will see your face and it's it kind of works I saw. Did I ran into interact
1: people. with anybody
0: today. I, I spotted. I, I chatted with uh, Brian Newman, uh, used to you know run Tribeca. As a, he's a film consultant. I saw Carrie Putnam in there today, and, and Shari Freelo, obviously the New Frontier programmer. And there were obviously a bunch of VR, new media type of journalists and so forth trying it out. So they have created an active social space to experience the festival, and it's Go it's not. Yeah. Well, you know, you don't have to have a headset that you can access it. You can access it through your browser. You can go deeper with the headset. It's it's just, this is a different side of the creative community that tends to take advantage of these kinds of opportunities. And I don't think a lot of people are going to figure it out. I'm well, trying to, but
1: If I want to replace the experience at the, I'll be curious to see. So today, uh, when I get on to see Coda, I, I'll go early and I'll see if I see anyone waiting in line. You know, right?
0: We'll, that's the thing. It's a little chat room. <laughs> stuff, you know?
1: we'll, we'll see how today. that goes. Look, most of the people are getting their own links anyway.
0: Well, not the buyers supposedly. The buyers are seeing fewer than press. That's what I've been hearing. Really? Yeah, because the uh, here's 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 the the logic as I understand it. Press, publicists are nervous about press people figuring out the complexity of watching movies when you have like a three hour time link or whatever. So they're like, whatever, here's a password protective Vimeo link and do your thing. And they need those reviews, but they also need a framework for buyers to see movies in a festival environment and then go to the go to the sales agent and make an offer. And you can do that- They need
1: by the saying, timing of that too. Yeah. And so they need know. the timing of the reviews breaking.
0: Right, so we know we're going to have the reviews at this time, and then the offers are going to come. And the tweets. Right. So for the first time in a while, I actually feel like I have a real advantage over the buyers seeing a lot of stuff early. You love it. You yeah, love it. Gosh, I'm leaning into it. it. I love there's it. Lots of, right, good, so you know, lots of good stuff. I have to tell you, I've seen some good movies, so hopefully stuff sells. You
1: saw – so there's two animated movies. I saw one of them, but I'm not allowed to talk about it, right, because it hasn't shown yet
0: yeah i guess with we'll, we'll, the embargo situation as so well do, and flea
1: let's just say movies. that the word is good
0: on both of these yeah. both animated, i've seen both animated movies <laughs> there um flea will have screened by the time people hear this podcast i think that's the best film i've seen at the festival it's uh, an animated documentary brings to mind waltz with bashir it's about a gay afghan refugee who looks back on 20 years of escaping uh, his his surroundings after the Muhadjin came to power and resettled in Denmark uh, with his husband? He's he lives a happy life, but he's never told his story before. The animation allows him to have anonymity because of all the you know all the border crossing he did, um, and that allows you also. And to-
1: That's an interesting way to deal yeah. with the problem that uh, David France had on you yeah. know, Chechnya, yeah, yeah interesting.
0: Yeah. So it's a really amazing Danish documentary, and Riz Ahmed is going to voice this character for an English language version, which I'm sure is something they can dangle to buyers as sort of a, a sexy add-on. So I think this one's going to have some legs.
1: Cryptozoo Zoo is more of a, an adult animated, um, uh, almost a, a, a fantasy genre movie. Yeah. And, and it's very creative. Uh, yeah, so Zoo is I'll- like
0: one of those yellow submarine psychedelic rides.
1: Or... you could get high on them and watch that movie no question or
0: you could get high on that movie
1: You good if... it's 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 extremely psychedelic uh, in more ways than one um then the the one that i that i'm also looking so the other movie i'm seeing tonight is is the uh the festival of soul which uh
0: number of soul quest Summer- of uh director
1: one that was opposite Woodstock and everything. So I'm looking yeah, yeah. forward to that. Those are probably the two hot titles tonight.
0: I yeah, would I mean day one seems to I mean with that, those two plus the latest documentary from Nam Fu Wang. Um it, it seems like a, a pretty well curated opening to the festival, at least from a, a film standpoint, even without all the all the extra noise. We'll see how it carries over. How does the weekend go? Is there a narrative arc to the festival? Do a lot of buys happen? do, do people wait? So they can have physical screenings later or you know what's going to happen on that front and then i wonder about how the other aspects of the festival go you know the keynotes and the panels and all that kind of stuff who turns up for those things i hope people make the effort because yeah,
1: absolutely yeah we're doing we're doing a filmmaker dinner uh which i'm excited about and um there's a couple movies from actors turned directors. I'm excited about the Rebecca Hall passing, which is partly based on her experience with her biracial mother, and I'm looking forward to um, the uh, well Land. The Robin Wright movie is is in this group. Uh, it's her oh, debut.
0: And there's, um, um, What's the other big on the one? Count
1: of Three is that is that oh, the country, name of it? Three,
0: yeah. Jared
1: Carmichael. Jared Carmichael. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Lucy Walker's movie. Which is about firefighters and and the the terrible uh, fires last year, uh, or in 2018, uh, she goes in and checks out uh, what's going on in those communities. Um, what else? Judas well, so there. will be a big deal. Yes, yeah, there's,
0: was... there's a nice range of stuff. I think that's what's sort of interesting about it. I mean, you look at the international films, and and there's you know there's two black. The, of the
1: Kings black. is playing again. Uh, the Ivory Coast submission from Neon. Um,
0: there's a uh, there's plenty of, of movies that I think will satisfy some kind of audience. I mean, a documentary on Alvin Ailey isn't going to change the language of cinema or something, but I assume that it's a satisfying documentary to some contingency. You know, there's a movie
1: called Mass, which I'm hearing good things about. Mass
0: is um, about a family that confronts a, a shooter. Um, you have documentary on Rita Moreno, which I'm sure will be very satisfying to a certain audience. I mean they, you just go through these and, the, and you can see.
1: oh and there's a documentary called rebel hearts which is about the nuns that founded my daughter's catholic high school immaculate heart
0: yeah. well, her <laughs> the,
1: rebel, the rebel nuns i'm into it you into know it. i like nuns
0: well so. there's plenty of room to explore the schedule it sounds like all, a lot of stuff already sold out but people can still buy tickets for 15 bucks so I'm, I am very curious to see how it goes. In the in the press conference that happened today, it was a Zoom-based thing. You kind of submit questions, which I despise because you know, I like to go to one of those things and grab the mic and ask a question, and then they can't squirm away from it. If you tap it into a little box, they can... They can ask- avoid it. I, I made this mistake, and that I asked a question, but I prefaced it with a joke, and they only asked a joke question because the participants, Carrie Putnam and... Uh, Tabitha Jackson and Gina Duncan, they were all against this back, this Zoom background of, of the Egyptian. And so I prefaced my question by saying, first of all, how cold is it on Main Street right now? Because they, they looked like they were standing outside the Egyptian, not inside the Egyptian. And then I had a serious question, but they only asked the, the joke question. So that didn't really go. Here's what I really wanted to ask was, uh, just how likely is it that Sundance has a future in Park City? Now that you figured out a way to do a festival outside of Park City,
1: we won't if, have the answer until later on in the festival. I know,
0: but I want to know what the um, thing is like. I want to know how what it will take to answer that question, and I think that will continue to be on a lot of people's minds, especially the industry folk as they go through this festival for the first time, doing their business without having to be there. Yeah. I mean, the,
1: you know, we're talking about acquisitions a lot, but actually uh, one of the more important things I believe at Sundance is always uh, talent discovery. And that's what a lot of people are going to be looking at. And that has less to do with buzz than just checking out all the movies and seeing who's good. Who's a good, who, who's that actress who just pops? Who's the Jennifer Lawrence or the, uh, you know, of this year, you know, right. exactly. Kerry Washington popped at Sundance, Ashley Judd popped at Sundance, Tilda Swinton popped at film Sundance. Filmakers.
0: Anna Lillian.
1: Oh, the- Steven Soderbergh and Quentin Tarantino and any number of people back
0: through the years and it's all Charlie there.
1: Potter, yeah.
0: Bottom line, this is also a really short festival. It's only seven days. So next week when we do our next episode, the festival will be over. It won't be winding down. It will have happened. The awards are on Tuesday and then there's like one more day and that's it. So happy festival Anne. i look forward to finding you around somehow and uh and let's see how this goes I mean, i'm gonna keep playing the game i hope you do i want
1: to see your avatar i wish i had a headset oh, <laughs> i'm gonna
0: bring you in there somehow you'll see <laughs> okay all right bye. Bye. it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper